0: Springer Math Podcast.
1: In this month's podcast, our guest is Ashlak Twaito, who is the Managing Director of Simula Research Laboratory in Oslo, Norway, and Professor for Scientific Computing at the University of Oslo. He serves also as Chairman of the Board of the Norwegian Defense Research Establishment. His research is in numerical analysis, scientific computing, and the electrophysiology of the human heart. He will be hosted by Martin Peters, Executive Editor, Mathematics and CSE at Springer Verlag, Heidelberg. Hello, Ashlak, How are you? Hello, Martin. I'm fine. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm fine, too. Thanks. Thanks a lot for participating in this interview.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Thanks. And uh, to get started, uh, could you tell our listeners, uh, please, what is Simula Research Lab? And maybe also, what are its special features?
1: Yeah, I can, I can try to do uh, that. Um, Similar research lab was established 20 years ago. And at that time, um, in Norway, we had uh, universities, of course, and we had research institutes. And the research institutes were very much um, geared towards uh, industry and quite applied um and at the universities of course uh, a lot of the focus is on the students so we wanted to try to make something in uh, between so uh, we wanted to be able to do basic research at a research institute and and the most important thing i think we tried to accomplish was to really give people time to think really carefully about their uh, research and not be involved in in all kinds of other stuff, but really time to concentrate deeply on their research projects.
0: Okay, I see. And um, you would say uh, after 20 years, it was a successful attempt to start something like that?
1: Yeah, I think it has worked fairly well. I think the idea of of enabling people to concentrate completely on their r- research um, has been somewhat successful, but not completely successful because uh, also our researchers have to look for funding, have to uh, be part of some processes. But we really try to keep, uh, keep the administrative burden and the bureaucracy as low as humanly possible.
0: I see, okay. And uh, now I think when it's fair to say that by now Simula is quite a big clay place. So what what uh, do you usually do when you welcome some new employees?
1: Yeah, um, so earlier I used to um, gather the, the new employees, uh, say in a group of 15, 20 people or something, uh, in in a meeting room, and I had these PowerPoint slides, and I went through what what CMLA is, what the purpose is, and and all the projects and and things like that. And it it was actually it was actually quite boring, uh, especially for me. It was very boring, oh. and and then I, I started to do it completely differently, and and now everyone has to prepare one question. And then they can have a question about absolutely anything. No, no limitation on mm-hmm. what they ask about. And so we go around the table, and everyone asks one question to me, and I <laughs> I try to answer as good as possible. And and that turns out to be a much better introduction to Simla because a lot of discussions come up. And uh, yeah, so I, I feel that uh, they. Get closer to what to, to understanding what Simla is about.
0: Yeah, that sounds sounds great. And and uh, I I know also that that you are yourself uh, still a very active researcher. So what are are nowadays your topics you you do research on?
1: Yeah, I've, I've tried to set up Simla so that I can do my own research um, for a large portion of the time. I think I, I spent at least sixty maybe even 70% of my time doing uh, uh, research. And my research um, is focused on mathematical models uh, uh, of uh, cardiac cells. So how the cells in your heart uh, work and how they work uh, together. And over the last five years, we have developed a new model where we represent every individual cell and use that to try to understand how the heart work and what can go wrong, and and so on.
0: And uh, I think you are also directly collaborating with doctors in hospitals. Uh, is that right?
1: Yeah, in some projects we work together with uh, with uh, medical doctors, I and mean, in some projects we work with uh, researchers um, abroad. Yeah, both, both in Europe and in. In the US,
0: mm-hmm. I see, I see. And, and now, to come to think about it, uh, to manage the institute, to do your research, how how you manage to do all of this, and also still have time for your private life, for your family, and such things.
1: Yeah, that's that's an important issue, uh, uh, of course. And and in the beginning, I. I had this difficulty that i think a lot of leaders have that they have um, not extremely many interruptions but but quite frequent interruptions throughout the day and then it's very hard to to really think deeply about something if you are interrupted uh, so often so so then i decided that before lunch every day uh, is research time and after Lunch every day is interruption time. And uh, by that ridiculously simple scheme, I dramatically reduced the the interruptions because before lunch, it was completely quiet and after lunch there was inter- interruption but that that was that was fine. So so I've been <laughs> able to to work uh, peacefully um, uh, after that also, I go to California two months every year, and then I I work uh, alone. And so so people at Simla are used to me being being away. So that helps too. Uh
0: huh. And when you go to California, your family goes with you, right? Yeah. In, in yeah. That's right.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, um, your main site is then in San, Di- San Diego. Uh, yeah.
1: So yeah. we have a we have a great collaboration with the University of uh, California, San Diego, uh, especially with the Biomechanics Institute there. So we have a common PhD program with 10 PhD students that uh, spend half their time in Oslo and Uh half their time in in La Jolla, San Diego. Um, So this has been going on for quite a while now. And every summer we have a... A summer school. So, but that is actually going on, um, on on now.
0: Right, right. And uh, j- one other thing that you have also, at similar that I remember, is something called Gründergaragen. Yeah. So could you also say a bit what this is?
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we've tried to set up a place for startup uh, companies where they can sit in the middle of the research lab, and um, be there absolutely free, no strings attached, no payments, no nothing, and they can sit there for one year. And after after the one year, we invest in some of the companies, and um, and of course, some of the companies just leave or yeah, uh, are not not successful. But up till now, we have invested in thirty four. Startup uh, companies, and uh, and they grow faster than than Simula now. So so it's a lot of activities in in these startup companies.
0: So what can also say that worked quite well then?
1: Yeah, uh, especially when we established a, a Garage in downtown Oslo. That was very popular, and and, and a lot of projects go on there. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. And Simula itself will soon be moving to the center of Oslo as well. Is,
1: is that yeah, clear? that's that's right. Actually, in yeah, I think it's October first. Um, uh-huh. Then we will move to downtown um, Oslo from Fornebu.
0: I see. Okay. And uh, now let's talk a little bit about uh, your way of managing the Simula Institute. What are your experience? of doing this and how would you describe your style of management?
1: Yeah, I I have developed this uh, over a period of of 20 years, so it has been changing probably, but I've been more and more um, uh, convinced that uh, I should uh, adhere to a very simple motto uh, concerning leadership and that's delegate leave the place and upload the results. And uh, that may sound uh, simple and so on, but it's actually a bit more subtle than that. I mean, everyone that goes into management or a top management position learns that you have to delegate. And, and that's, that's the simple, simple thing. Uh, the much harder thing is to leave it, to leave the project. And, and that's quite essential. Because if you keep correcting your people all the time, they will become very unsure and they will come back to you all the time and ask for more details. And you will grow irritated, annoyed by this, and you will have far too much to do. And no one will really be very happy um, about it. So you have to leave it. And you have to wait for the results. And then you will notice that uh, the result is actually quite quite different from what you expected because people have been working on this, thinking about this carefully. And, and then you have to applaud the results. You have to be happy about it or else they will be, be back again uh, next time. So my motto is just delegate, leave it and be happy about the result. And that simple scheme has given me a very quiet life um, as a leader. So I tried to do it like that.
0: Yeah, that's, that sounds a very good uh, method. And um, could you maybe give, uh, let's say, one, one example of such a project where you did it like this, uh, just to make it a bit more... Transparent uh, to our listeners.
1: Yeah. So the way I try to lead Simula is that every every year, every every Christmas around Christmas time, I I, I write um, a set of projects that I want to have done. So um, everything that we want to to change uh, um, during that year, I write a brief description of perhaps half a page. Um, and uh, so I'm state the problem. I state what I want to achieve and so on. And then I put together a, a working group um, for every individual project. Um, so uh, an example of that can be, for instance, what do we want to do with open access publishing? That's a typical thing mm-hmm. that we could do. So then I, I, give some ideas and then I set up a working group on that and then I leave it. I stay away and do nothing until that group has more or less finished their job and come back with with the result.
0: I see. Great. And uh, since you just mentioned open access, so um, I remember it uh, years ago when open access was not yet so fashionable as it is nowadays you came with the idea to create a book series where all the books are open access and then we implemented this. So why is it that you like open access and do you have a perspective on it for the future?
1: Yeah, I, I think the starting point for me at that time was that uh, poor institutions, small institutions and poor Countries, small countries, uh, had really big difficulties in in being able to follow research because they couldn't read the papers. So, of course, very rich universities had no problems with this because they could afford having a, a lot of uh, journals, buy a lot of books, and so forth. And um, but um, a lot of poor institutions could not do that that would not be possible so i like this idea of making the researcher pay because someone obviously has to pay the bill and the researcher is really the uh, stronger part uh, here so i like that model and i wanted to to support it and then uh, we discussed this uh, Idea of this uh, similar Springer Brief series, and it has been very. It has been great fun to to work with with that.
0: Yes, that it was also a very good result for us as well, and also then also we published some other books open access as well in other book series. So on the whole, we we published many books from similar by now in this open access uh, scheme. Yeah yeah and now uh, coming to a little bit uh, different point um with regard uh, to your employees at similar you have also established a baby bonus program there so can you explain how that works
1: yeah <clears throat> i I experienced many times that I tried to Explain to younger researchers that it was perfectly fine to start a family while being a PhD or a, a postdoc or a young young researcher. But I always had the feeling that they didn't really believe me. They thought that I would like them to work like crazy all the time, uh-huh. and and that the family would be uh, not not a good idea. So so I was thinking about this. And then I come up with the idea. Of, okay, let's give them a bonus, and uh, mm-hmm. so we pay them twenty five thousand kroner, so 2,500 5, euros,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if they have a if they have a baby, and then we also extend their uh, contracts more than than we we used to do. So we really wanted to signal very strongly that yes, it is fine to start a family, and I. Think that message has come through.
0: Yeah, very good. Very, very interesting idea, also. I think maybe that could be a model for other places as well. Yeah, and now um, let's talk a little bit about uh, also some other matters. So, what would you say? What are you not very good at?
1: (laughs) (laughs) A very long list, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> how much time do we have um oh, i'm I'm, re- I'm 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 really i'm really no good at programming and never have been
0: ah uh, that is a bit surprising yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: so my my programs are very plain and simple and yeah almost childish compared to uh to the beautiful code created by by my coworkers um and this is bad. <laughs> this is very bad, since programming is is at the very core of um, almost everything we do at um, Simula, mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I'm I'm not good at it. Um, also, uh, and this is probably even worse. Um, I'm not good at giving or receiving negative feedback. Uh, I see, find right. find find it hard to criticize people if i don't like their performance and i am mm-hmm. also not very happy when people criticize me i have a i have a colleague and he claims that he is very happy when people criticize him i find that very hard to yeah <laughs>
0: to, that must be to, a r- rare case Are
1: yeah, yeah i think it's a rare case so <laughs> yeah,
0: rare yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And and what makes you laugh?
1: Actually, uh, a lot of things uh, make me laugh. I think it's very important at the workplace to to see all the comedy uh, going on uh, on the workplace uh, and uh, try to enjoy that. And then also, I do you know Dilbert?
0: A little bit. It's yeah, a yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: cartoon, mm-hmm. cartoon. Yeah, cartoon mm-hmm. about life mm-hmm. in the at the workplace. Yes, I I read Dilbert every day. Mm-hmm. And it always makes me, me smile. And every now and then it makes me me laugh. Um, so I love the airport.
0: Okay, great, great. And uh, now I- imagine the following. You are sitting on a desert island somewhere. And uh, how could mathematics help you to survive there?
1: Mm. I think the most, most important thing is that uh, it would help me not get bored to death. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think mathematics is always always a very faithful friend that you can always turn to. And uh, it can be a great help um, in many situations. For instance, if life is not so... It's not so easy um math is there, and you can always turn to it, and it's as friendly as as ever and and i often if I've been to a uh, um demanding meeting or something like that, I find it very um relaxing to turn to mm-hmm. mathematics and play with the equations and yeah, so not too much come out of that but but still, I find it um good to. To, to look at the equations and, and play with them.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah, Ashlak, uh, what advice would you give to young researchers?
1: I, th- I think that the first advice that is that I think it's a good idea to stay in academia if you love research or teaching uh, or both. Um, if you don't really like that, you, you should find somewhere else that is of interest uh, to you. And I don't think it is a good idea to stay in academia if you are primarily interested in being uh, a leader. If you become a leader in the mid thirties and focus entirely on that, then you're more or less gone as a researcher when you turn 40 and that's, that's a bit early. I think the idea or the ideal in academia today is very much focused on more of everything, so more papers, more talks, more people in your group, more grants, more money and and so on and and this I think is misleading a lot of good researchers in in the, in the direction of just doing more of of everything. So I try to encourage uh, young people at Simla to, to try to really do something good, something really good and important, and be less focused on on just doing more and more of everything. And the strange thing is that even when people get a permanent position, they at least some of them, continue this frenzy to just have more and more and more uh, of everything. And they tend to forget about the PhD students and the postdoc- postdocs they already have because they always want to do more and more and more. So my advice to, to young researcher is to establish a small and manageable um, group, and and really take part in in all aspects of the research uh, process. Keep on keep on reading all those papers. Keep on keep on doing uh, your coding, your own experiments, or or whatever your speciality is. But keep on doing it, and and try to do something really, really good instead of producing a lot of trivialities.
0: Yeah, these are some very good points, Ashlak. Then maybe one last question. What I know that you like football very much. Uh, so what is your favorite football team?
1: Yeah, uh, Manchester United is my favorite football team. But I think it's uh, mostly because of... Uh, of their coach, uh, Olle Gunnarsson, yes, he's Norwegian, but I, I basically like any team that plays well. Uh, so, because of Horland, the Norwegian player, mm-hmm. I started to jump germ- to to watch some German matches. And actually, last season, I think the best match I saw on television was the game between Dortmund and uh, Bayern München.
0: Yes, that was definitely a good one. and
1: yeah.
0: and I must say I also like uh, to watch Holland a lot. I mean that that guy is really absolutely outstanding. Yeah, yeah, Ashlak, so thanks very much for uh, sharing your insights with us. and um, then I wish you also uh, a good holiday for the second part of your holiday. Thank you bye-bye for now.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Springer Math Podcast. Look out for another episode next month.